I'm super excited about the opportunity today to, to share again. Obviously, last week we talked on what does it mean to truly rest. And uh, today, in my heart, this is almost part two of last week. We're going to continue on, but in a whole other direction, but yet it all kind of works perfectly together. Um, you may say, well, well, where's Brother Fred? Brother Fred is out of town um, today. He will be back next Sunday, I promise. Um, so he will be here next Sunday. Um, and, uh, but I am super excited about this opportunity today uh, to kind of continue on. I do want to share with you my life verse, as I always share, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Uh, if y'all would throw it up on the screen for me, that would be great. It says, my message and my preaching are not in persuasive words of wisdom, but the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. Your faith today, your understanding, what you learn today will come from God, not from me. If it comes from me, it's going to fail you 100% of the time. If it comes from God, it will stand forever 100% of the time. So I'll let you choose today which one you want to hear from. I hope it's from God. And I'm asking the Lord to move me out of the way and put me on the front row um, so that I can continue to share. Um, You know, after last week's message, those that aren't here today are probably resting. Um, If you're here today, maybe you are fully rested. Um, There was a joke going on that uh, everybody came up to me every day and said, I took a nap today, I took a nap today, I took a nap today. Um, You may have taken it a little bit literal last week. Um, I hope that you did get some rest and that you realized that God's given each of us 24 hours in a day and He would never give us more to do in that day than the time that he gave us. It's not just 24 hours in a day, it's 86,400 seconds in a day. Every one of us has 84,600 seconds in a day. Every one of us. Nobody gets any more or less unless you're called home, then you obviously don't get the full 86,400 seconds in that day. But today, we're going to talk on stewardship. Now, when I say stewardship, please don't run to the doors. Um, We are not going to necessarily talk about money. When you hear the word stewardship, usually the first thing that pops in your head is, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to be building a youth building in the back, and uh, there's going to be cards passed out today. That's not what this is about. And to be honest with you, um, you know, the idea of speaking on stewardship and money, you know, I, I think that it goes so much deeper than that. You know, our financial stewardship and, and stewarding what God's given us financially is simply out of the joy of who our God is and what He's done in our life. It's what He's doing, what He's given to us, and we're just simply giving back. It's really all His anyways. So that's really all I'm going to share about finances on stewardship. Now we're going to get into the true understanding of stewardship today. And it's going to start in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. It says this, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey, who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received five talents went and traded with them, and he gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, 
the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. And now, Master, you've entrusted me with five talents. I lost my place. Let's go back to verse 20. The one who has received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22, also the one who had received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24, and, though, and the one who had received one talent came to the master and said, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid, and I went away, and I hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours, as he hands him one talent back. Verse 26, but his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reaped where I did not sow and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. You say, David, what does it really mean to be a steward? And today we're going to really discuss that just in these verses. Many of you know the parable of the talents. And as I was studying this, I got so excited. I don't know if y'all can tell, but I got really excited. In the fact that just the very first verse just blew my mind. A piece of this very first verse that I'd never seen before. It says this in verse 14. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves. Now, if you have the King James Version in your Bible, if you're reading the King James, it may say servants. He called his servants my Bible says slaves, the new NASB. So I wanted to just look up that word and just kind of figure out a little bit about the idea of slaves there. And isn't it interesting that that is the same word used in James chapter 1 when it says, I am a bondservant of Christ. So these are bondservants of the Master. Now, just so that you know, those, you know, you've heard me say this if you haven't been here before when I shared it. A bondservant is somebody who would have given up their freedom in order to be a slave or a servant to the master. Now, let me just kind of share with you on, on our level. You know, like we think we have freedom. We think that we have our life. And for us in salvation, we lay down every bit of who we are to pick up Christ, Right. And, and, and so what I want people to understand is, is that a bondservant would have said that a life as a servant to the master is something greater than I could ever do on my own. Like, life as a servant to the master is greater than, than anything I can do with what I think I have freedom in. So they would have highly respected their master. They would have loved their master. They would have, I mean, they gave up their freedom for this master, they gave up everything they had. And so here's these three people who have given up their life to serve their master. Even to the point that I tell people that if we are bondservants of Christ, then people should look at our lives and say, man, he, David Bullock, he serves an incredible master that he would give up his life for Jesus. 
And that's the same context of this scripture. It's the same word, doulos. It's the same word here as bondservant. Man, I got so excited. I was like going crazy in my study at my house yesterday. I was like, this is doulos. Like, this is a bondservant. Like, I always saw it as just his slave came, his, his servant came. But these are people who had given up their freedom to be a servant to the master because they knew that the life he would give them is so much greater than anything they could do on their own. And so they've already showed him by becoming a bondservant that their life is in his hands, that, 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 he, that they are his. And, and so he says, I'm going to give to you each and entrust you, verse 14. It says that I'm going to entrust you with his possession. With his possession. So the master is giving to the bondservants that of his own possession. So before we even get started, let me just say this in this scripture. We have to get this today to start. For us to be a true steward of what God has given us, we must truly be a bondservant of Christ. We must have given God everything. We must have given him our whole life. Now, what I want you to see here in a second is is that for me, the greatest thing to steward is our time. The greatest thing that God has called us to steward is the time that he has given us. Ultimately, God is the author of time. God is the one who knows how much time we have. I don't know about y'all, but I really don't know how much time I had. And I'll be honest with you, after studying all this and trying to go to sleep last night, realizing I don't know how much time I have, I couldn't sleep last night. I was like, Lord, I may wake up with you. But isn't it interesting that because I'm 32 years old, I consciously think, oh, I got plenty of time old, you know, outside of some crazy, you know, just accident that may take place. I got plenty of time. And the older we get, it's like, okay, maybe I don't have as time, but we begin to put ourselves into this fault that we have more time. We don't know how much time we have. The thing that we have to understand is that we are a bondservant Christ, and God has called us to steward the time that we have. We have to give Him our whole life. So when He gives us on earth, he's giving us our own possession. He's given why? Because we've given him our life. Like I've given God my whole life. And so give me time on earth as a believer in Christ. Life is to be used for the glory of God. I'm supposed to steward the time that God has given me because ultimately he's given me that time to use for his glory because I'm his and I've given him my life. I'm a bondservant. If you're in Christ, and that's how I sign all my letters now because many things in this, in this day and age, if you're a bondservant of Christ, God, you are a possession of God because you've given your life. But some of it that way. Sometimes we think of it, well, I'm supposed to live for Christ, but my life is mine and I'm going to do here and there, but I'll make sure I do this. No, every bit of my life is God's. Every moment of my day is God's. Every bit of time that he lets me have is his. And so will I steward it for his glory or will I steward it for myself? So the first thing I want you to see today is that we must be a bondservant of Christ. And as a bondservant of Christ, he entrusts to us his own possession. Now, I think that we say God owns everything. Everybody agree with that? God owns it all, right? 
I mean, if, if, if God spoke to me, he's given me a vehicle to drive. If he spoke to me today and said, David, you need to go get rid of that vehicle, then guess what? I've got to go get rid of it because it ain't mine anyways. I'm just stewarding it. I'm just using it for his glory. The, the blessing of that is if I have a wreck, I can look to God and say, God, the car that, that is yours is messed up. And uh, uh, Lord, how are we going to fix it? Right? I, so it's all his. Everything we have is his. So when you look at the scripture in verse 14, if you're a bondservant of Christ, God entrusts things to you for you to do for his glory. Why did God give me a vehicle to get from point A to point B? It's not so I can build my kingdom. It's so that I can go and do the things of the Lord that he's called me to do. It's to share the gospel. It's to, to, to build, bring forth disciples, to, to teach the, the word. I drove here today in that vehicle that he blessed me with so that I can come and speak to you because he's called me to steward it let me ask you what are things in our lives that we are using for our own kingdom and not for the kingdom of God everything you own is God's so the first thing is we must be a bondservant of the most high God he entrusts us the second thing I want you to see is that we don't know how long the master will be gone in the scripture it says in verse 16 No, 19, it says, Now after a long time, the master of the slaves came and settled accounts with them. Let me ask you a question. How many of the bond servants knew, okay, he's going to be gone for 15 years and two months? You know, if I was the one who had one talent and was fearful, if I knew that he was gone for 15 years, I may try to to do something with her to, um, well, if I lose it, then, you know, I've still got to figure out a way to get get it back and maybe even a little. didn't know how long they had. And we don't either. When I used to live up in Illinois, I used to tell people all the time, here in the South, uh, our, our motto, because up where, where it just, you know, t- down here in the South, like, and I'm so thankful for it. Like, I love it. Like, like it is just, like, up north, like, I'm telling you, it's like, run New York City and tell me that, that there's not, I mean, I don't think there's a day in New York City. I just don't. I mean, it's just like, time go. I mean, it's run, 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 go, 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 go. And I, I tell people, well, because of how fast pace it is here, if I just, whatever I can put off till tomorrow, I do. I put it off till tomorrow. But what I've realized is we don't even tomorrow. I don't know if I have tomorrow. Let's put this in perspective. We don't know when Esther will return. We're bond servants of Christ. We've given him our life and us stuff to use for the glory and for the kingdom of God. No, if we even have tomorrow. We don't know. Now, let me tell you, there's one of two ways that we'll run out of time. Number one is if the Lord comes back, if he, the eastern sky right now, and the time is over, it's done, you know, and, and, and listen, we, we, we talk about that if the Lord tarries and all this. Listen, we don't know, but let me tell you something even sooner than that sometimes, and that is, is that we don't know when God's going to call our name. We don't know when we're going to breathe our last. I've seen people that are just perfectly healthy and at a very young age lose their life. People that you would say, man, like, like really, like, like what happened? And, and, and it, just, it just happens, things, whether it's a wreck, whether it's a sickness, all these different things that have taken on. And next thing you know, just, just gone. And, and we're sitting there, we're like, Lord, there was so much more time. But see, here's what the scripture says on that. In Job chapter 14, verse 5, it says this. It says, since his days are determined, the numbers of his month is, in, is with you. And his limits you have set so that he cannot pass. Listen, you cannot pass the days that have been ordained for you. You can't do it. 
Let's just say this. I believe that God has given us a certain amount of days. He's blessed us to steward those certain amount of days. And when that end time comes, when that last day comes, let me tell you something. It's 100% accurate. 100% accurate that it's over. You're going to be with Jesus. Or you're going to be before the, the judgment of Christ. It's over. We'll breathe our last. It also says in Psalms, 139 verse 16, it says this, Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your books were written all the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there were not one of them. Before I even had my first moment in life, before I was in my mother's womb, I mean, before I was a little kid growing up at the church, God knew exactly how many days David Bullock would have. But too often we live our life as if we have plenty. So we have to understand that we don't know when the master's going to return, but we also don't know when the master's going to call. So we're bond servants of Christ. We've given God our life. He's given us time that's his and his alone to go and steward for the kingdom of God. How do you spend your day? Is your day spent focused on your kingdom or is your day spent focused on God's kingdom? Let me just tell you how you can figure that out real quickly. As we said last week about rest, if you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh, I don't have enough time and a more to do, then you're probably focused on the wrong thing. Because if God created as hours in a day, then why would a loving God 25 hours of work in a 24-hour day period? So we're sure that we steward the time that God has for His kingdom. The third thing is how do we steward time that we've been given by God? Now, first off, I want you to know this. In the of the talent, the the the, the master gives everything that they need to be successful. He gave them what it would require for them to go forth and to take five to ten or two to four. Um, he gave them everything that he need, that they needed. So let's look at um, in in chapter one verse three. It says this, seeing that his granted to us everything pertaining to life and God, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness not through the true knowledge of him who have called us by his own glory and excellence. He has given us everything granted to us, everything that we need for godliness and for life. He's given it to us. So what are we supposed to be doing? Well, Let's go to Acts chapter 2, 42. I believe that this is how we steward our day for the glory of God. It says, they were constantly devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking bread and to prayer. I believe that God has called us to steward our life studying the word of God. To take the time and to, to get into the word of God. To, to, to pray and seek the Lord. To, to meet with, with the brothers and sisters of Christ. You say, say, David, like I just don't have time to get up in the morning. Think about that. You just said it. I don't have time. God gave you time. It's how do you steward the time that he gave you? David, I don't have time to pray. Well, you just said it again. You're not stewarding the time that God gave you to pray and to seek the Lord. Instead, you're stewarding it for the things that are so busy in this world, which ultimately is for your kingdom. 
Because if we know that we can't live without bread, and it says that the Word of God is the bread of life, and that that we must have the Word of God for us to go forward, if we truly believe that this right here is our lifeline, if we truly believe that this is what it requires for us to continue forward in the Spirit, then how are we to say we don't have time for this and say that's biblical? It's not. It's that we don't steward it correctly. It also says in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, it says, So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know, for which the Father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the the, the uttermost parts of the, the, the earth. And what I want you to see here is that God has called us and commanded us to be His witnesses. So we need to steward our time to make sure that we're sharing the gospel of Jesus and stop saying, well, I'll have a chance tomorrow to talk to them. Maybe tomorrow I'll be able to share with them. You know, God, I just, I, I, I'm just holding out for a little bit longer. What I'm saying is, is that it's very easy to push things to tomorrow, and we don't even know if tomorrow will come. It's very easy to say, well, well I'll share with them the next time I see them, and you may not even see them. So we must steward our time to truly be witnesses of the gospel every day. That doesn't mean that you have to go out and just say, hey, excuse me, do you know Jesus? Excuse me, do you know Jesus? Excuse me, excuse me. No, what it means is is that we need to live a life so true to the gospel that people see it, but we also need to speak it. But we've got to steward our life and quit saying, well, I only had, you know, this little bit of time, and so I only had 15 minutes, and we talked about fishing for 15 minutes, and I never got to the gospel. Well, you had 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, you chose to do something other that really had no spiritual significance. In the grand scheme of eternity, it meant nothing. But us sharing the gospel and walking with people, that means something. Because that's spiritual, that spiritual, that, that lasts forever, the Word of God will not come back void. The only thing that will stand forever is the Word of God. Or are we going to steward our life to make sure that we're not wasting the time that God's given us? At the end of the day, can you say, I have not wasted the time God gave me, I've stewarded it for the kingdom of God today. There's a lot of things that I used to do in my life that in the grand scheme of eternity meant nothing. And I'm not saying that it's wrong for us to, to, to go out and, and fish and, and, and rest because and, uh, that would contradict what was spoken last week. I believe you also have to steward your time to rest because too often we don't rest and just keep going and we don't steward ourselves so that we can be prepared for every good work. But what I am saying is that it's very easy for us to say we've got more time. I'll deal with this later. I'll share with them next time. And we don't know if we really do or not. It also tells us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
And whenever you quote this, because many of us know verse 19 and on, I challenge you to memorize 18 because I think 18 is so important to verse 19. All authority has been given to Jesus. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And in verse 19 it says this, Go therefore and make disciples. We've got to be stewarding our time to be making disciples. This is a command. This is not a, you know, if you feel comfortable, make disciples. This is not a, uh, uh, some of the times, make disciples. It's a command that God's given us. And so if He's called us to do this, and He's given us time, then we need to steward our time to go forth and make disciples. You say, how do I make disciples? Well, first off, you've got to be a bondservant of Christ, and you've got to study the Word of God, fall in love with the Word of God. You've got to, as we just said in Acts chapter 2, you must steward your time to get in the Word, to pray, to seek the Lord. You can't disciple somebody if you're not seeking the Lord and studying and falling in love with who Christ is in your life. You can't disciple them. So this whole stewardship thing kind of stacks up on top of each other. If you're not going to steward your life in the first place over here, you're not going to be able to steward your time and your life to go out and make disciples. Because you're not going to be prepared for it. But whenever it comes to our life, God has called us to steward the time to study the Word of God, to pray, to be His witnesses, and to disciple. That's biblical right there. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1, and Matthew 28. But let's just say also, and I'm going to kind of hit this kind of quickly. But God's also called us to steward the possessions that he's given us. You say, oh, here's that financial thing. Yeah, he's called us to steward the finances that he's given us. He's called us to be good stewards of what he's given us. You say, well, David, how do I be a good steward of what he's given me? Well, first off, you realize it's not yours, it's his. You keep your hands just like this. You say, well, can I buy myself something? Absolutely you can. Absolutely. But what we have to remember is, is that I think that it's not about how you use the money. I think that sometimes we forget and we steward our time in a way to make more money instead of to, stewarding our time for the glory and for the kingdom of God. I heard a very wise person say one time, he said, David, you can make all the money you want in the world, but you're going to have to give up all your time to do it. The most valuable thing that you have in life is time. I believe that. You don't know how much you got? But the most valuable thing you have in life is time. And somebody made that comment. They said, you can make all the money you want in the world as long as you're willing to give up your time. And so I, don't, I understand that the, the stewardship of how am I going to steward all the money that I have or don't have. But I think the real question is, is are you stewarding your time not so focused on making all the money you can in the world and making sure that you're stewarding your time for the kingdom and for the glory of God? Remember, God will provide. I can't tell you how many times in my life I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he just showed up. I had to have a procedure done Medical procedure, and it was going to be $1,500, which for me, $1,500 is like a million. I remember when I was a kid, I thought if I had $100, that that meant like I was rich as a little kid. Now everything cost $100. Back in 08, I couldn't even fill up my vehicle for $100. But I remember I was sitting there and I was like, man, I've got 
I was like, Lord, I'm not going to do the procedure because I don't have enough money. And, and it was a medical procedure because I had some issues with myasthenia gravis, with the medicine that I was taking, and they just didn't know. Really, the question was, does he have some type of form of, uh, is there a major, this, this could be a major serious thing, and we got to do a procedure to figure that out. So I could have either lived with the idea of, well, what is it or not? And I was like, Lord, I ain't got no $1,500. But the Lord told me to go forth and have the procedure done. This was literally about a year into me being here at Luke 418. One of my friends who's no longer at this church, but he was in Arkansas, called me and said, hey, will you come up and speak in Arkansas for our disciple now? I said, sure. Anytime I go and speak, I never, ever, ever ask for a dime. Because God's going to provide for me. I'm not worried about it. I've never, I've never asked. You say, David, you're crazy. I've never asked. And so I get up there and I speak. And he walks up to me and he gives me an envelope and said, thank you so much for being here. We get in our car, me and Leslie, and we're, uh, Leslie and I, um, and we're driving home and I open up the thing and it was exactly how much I needed for that procedure. God's going to provide. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, literally, I walked into my office one day about two years ago, and there was an envelope that said, I want it just to, to, to thank you and to bless you. And I opened it up, and, and, and there was a gift there that was exactly, I, I had a major need again. And there it was, like nobody knew about it. And what I, I just, I'm telling you, God's going to provide, but yet we will take and steward our time to build up how much money we can have in our accounts instead of steward our time for the one thing that's going to stand forever. When you die, that money is not going with you. It's going to go to someone else. It's going to go to somebody else. You know the old saying, well, why in the world did you show up and ha- God said you could take something, bring something with you. The guy brings gold and he gets to heaven and they say, well, I, you know, why'd you bring pavement with you? God's also called us to steward our spiritual gifts that he's given us. God's given us gifts. If he's gifted you to teach, you need to be teaching If he's gifted you with hospitality, you need to be using that. Listen, we need to be stewarding our time here at Luke 4.18 by using the gifts that God's given us. If God's gifted you and you stay seated in a chair over and over and over, I believe that we're not stewarding the time that God's given us. We need to be serving. I know a church in Texas that when you come down and you join the church... The pastor looks at him and says, you can't join the church until you tell me where you're going to serve. Pretty strong. God's given us spiritual gifts. Let me tell you something. You can use a spiritual gift gift for your own sword gain. You can steward it for yourself if you're not careful. You say, David, how how do you do that? Well, have you ever seen pastors who use the gift of teaching and preaching to preach things that would ultimately fill their own pockets have you ever seen that absolutely have you ever seen people who are gifted with with the ability to sing just an incredible way and i'm not saying they can't go out and and use what god's given to 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 provide a living that's i'm not saying you you definitely god's given you that gift that personality he's blessed you to be able to do that you need to do that use the gifts and things that, to go out and make a living yes absolutely but what about like people who sing and yet they'll sing about things of satanic worship almost? 
They're using that gift. Who gave them that gift? I believe that we were created by, by a creator God and that we can abuse the spiritual gifts that God's called us and given us. We need to make sure we use it for the kingdom of God. People who have the gift of discernment. You can use that to ultimately manipulate people if you're, not, if you're doing it for your own sore gain. Or you can use it to lead people to the cross, to victory, victory in Jesus. How are you using your spiritual gifts that God's given you? Are you stewarding them for the kingdom of God? Our talents, I just mentioned that within there. Some of those were talents, some of them were spiritual gifts. Our possessions, let me just tell you, I did eat on our china last week. I told y'all in service I was going to go home and eat on our china. My wife took a picture of me eating on the china, but she won't let me show it because it's not the, the nicest of china. I'm just kidding. But I did. I went home and ate on the china. Why? Because remember, it's our, God has given, it's God's, it's not my china. If the china breaks, I'm just going to say, well, well Lord, I, 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 was, I was stewarding it correctly. I was using it, and it broke, so I'm just going to trust you. Everything that you, every possession that you have is God's. Are you going to steward it for his kingdom or for your kingdom? Every possession, even the house you live in, it's God's. It's God's. Everything. The clothes on your back, it's God's. You're sitting there and you see somebody who has nothing. And we have a coat on. And we know we have 25 other coats at our house. Are we willing to give that? I mean, it's not my coat. It's not my shoes. Am I willing to give that? Am I willing to steward the things that God has given me? But see, too often we steward things by doing this. We steward our time by holding on to it. And God's saying, no, trust me. Which really goes back to, are you a bondservant of the Lord God that we see at the very beginning of this message? But here's where... It all comes together. At the end of the parable, verse 19, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Let me tell you something. The master came back. The master came back. I bet that guy with one was like, "Mm, I hope he don't come back. Please don't come back. Because if he comes back, I'm going to get called out. Well, let me tell you something. There's coming a day that you're going to be held accountable by what you did with the time you were given. I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt that our master is coming back. He's coming back. And the scripture says that we will be held accountable to how we stewarded the time that we had. This master in the parable comes back and he holds them accountable by what, how they stewarded not only the possession of the talent, but the time that they had during that time because they had to use that time in order to make that talent five to ten or two to four or one to nothing. But the, the one who hid it, he said, I'm afraid and 
I don't want to lose it. I'm scared that, that something's going to happen, so I'm going to hide my talent for all the time that he's gone. And I bet he just like kind of was like sitting on it. Like, I, I don't want anybody to know that it's right, it's right here. I've got, I've got this talent hidden, but I don't want anybody to know. And, and, and all this time passed that he could have simply just, as it says in the Scripture, put it in the bank and at least gain some interest on it. He said, there is a time that the Master will come back and we will be accountable for what we did with our time. Did we study the word? Did we fall in love with the word? Did we seek the Lord in prayer? Did we be, were we God's witnesses in this city? Were we creating, building, growing disciples with the time that was given to us? The master will return. And I want you to see this in the scripture. The servants weren't rewarded by, man, you had five and you had two, so greater is your reward of five than you with four. Excuse me. Greater is your reward with ten because you went from five to ten than yours with two to four. It wasn't that yours is, you have a greater, like larger number, and so I'm going to reward you even more. No, that's not what God says. That's not what the scripture says. They're both rewarded the same way. Why? Because of their obedience to the time and the talents that were given to them. You sit here and say, well, David, I don't have the gift of getting up and, and as Ed Newton says, rocking the mic. I don't have the gift of getting up there and speaking in front of people. Well, listen, it said at the very beginning that he gave them talents according to their ability. God knows who you are. God knows the personality. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God has given you a task to do for his kingdom based on who you are. Based on your personality. Too often we get focused on man being like the pastor or we get focused on certain people in the community or these different things. And God's saying, no, I've given you a task for the time that you have. Steward your time and do the task that I've given you. But there's going to be an account. It says in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, it says, And I saw the dead the great and the small, standing before the throne. The books were opened, and the other book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, in the books according to their deeds. I know that we've heard an incredible message several years ago here at Luke 418 just about how we're going to be judged according to what we do with our life. I tell people all the time that salvation has nothing to do with works, but after salvation, it has everything to do with works. Why? Because God's called us to now use the time for His kingdom and for His glory. Another reference to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 10 through 15, and you have to understand that, that uh, I know we're not in Revelation here, but, but you have to see this. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. It's talking about salvation. These are people who believe in Jesus. Their foundation is Christ. But then it says, now if any man builds a foundation of gold, silver, precious stones, they also can build with wood, hay, and straw. It says each man's work will become evident. What you did with your time will become evident. Why? Because it says right here, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If a man's work, which he has built on it, remains, he will receive a reward. 
And if a man's work is burned up, he will suffer much loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through the fire. What does that say right there? Think about it. Wood, hay, and straw in, in fire is going to be consumed just like that. But gold, silver, precious stone, and fire is going to be refined even more. What he's saying is, is that you're going to be judged according to what we did with our life. And yes, you'll still be saved, but you'll suffer much loss. We're going to stand before God someday, the Master. We're His bondservants. He entrusts He entrusted us with time. He entrusted us with possessions. He entrusted us with talents. He entrusted us with with spiritual gifts. He entrusted us with financial things. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand before God and we're going to have to give an account about how we stewarded our time on earth. And so how do you steward your time? The reward is not look at all the the quantity of of things that I can bring before God. If that's the case, you're really building with wood, hay, and straw. But it's about, Lord, I was obedient with my life. I was intentional with every moment that you gave me. I focused in on the kingdom of God. And I wanted to love people and and, and witness and share the gospel and disciple because you called me to it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? What does it profit a man to gain everything by stewarding his life for himself but lose it all? Sometimes I like to quote Lecrae and I want you to hear this. This is what he says in his song, Don't Waste Your Life. And my wife told me I wasn't allowed to rap this so I will try to read it. Your money, your singleness... Marriage, talents, your time. They were loaned to you to show the world that Christ was divine. Let me say it again. Your money, your singleness, marriage, and talents. Your, I'm, I'm, I'm not reading it the way that it sounds. Your money, your singleness, marriage, talents, your time. They were loaned to you to show the world that Christ was divine. God has loaned us Because if it's his, it's still his when he hands it to us. It's still his. But let me go even a little bit deeper since I have just a minute. I believe that my children are of God. They're his. And they're on loan to me. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that even being at Luke 4.18... That God has called me here to, 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 um, to be a part of, of this ministry. But I believe that all pastors are on loan to that place by God. I believe that everything we have is on loan to us all the way down to our own children. I don't know how much time I get with my children. I don't know how much time I get with my wife. It's a gift, a blessing and so do we steward our time for the kingdom of God? There was another song I wanted to read to you. It says this, looking at the, t- at the hands of time that we've been given here. This is all we got, then we got to start thinking. Every second counts on a clock that's ticking. We got to live like we're dying. If we didn't have tomorrow, how would you live your life today? If you didn't have time tomorrow, how would you steward your time today? I bet a lot of us would steward it a little bit differently. 
for the kingdom of God. And then I want to close with this poem. And then I want to ask you a question or two and and, and I'm going to close out with prayer. It says, my days are numbered. I don't know how many remain. But one thing I know for sure, to reach the goal, I must strain. There are just so many hours God gives me each new day. And every minute counts as I travel the narrow way. I cannot rest for a second. I must keep on pressing on. For I will never know when my time here will be gone. There's tons for me to do, and my talents I must use. For what God has given me, I mustn't mistreat or abuse. The minutes they tick quickly, the seconds, oh, how they do fly. And I must use them wisely before I say my final goodbye. How do you steward your time? The master's coming back. Or he's going to call us home. God's given you a task to do. He's called you to the task. Ultimately, that task involves witnessing, building disciples, studying the word of God, growing in fellowship with the body of believers, using your spiritual gifts to serve here, Luke 4.18, the body of believers that you're a part of, or to serve wherever you're at, those, use those gifts. How are you stewarding your time that God's given you? The question today is when he returns, will we be like the one who had five? The one who had two? Or out of our selfishness and fear, will we go and hide everything we got and put it bury it, and say, Lord, thank you for giving it to me. Now, I'm not going to let anything happen to it. I'm just going to hide it. I'm not going to use it. I'm just going to hide it. And out of their fear, it kept them from using the time that they had for the glory of God. Let me just also say this. I've heard it said, David, I'll accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior later in life. I've heard it said from people, that whenever I get around to it, once my life is all good and, and, and once I've enjoyed the, the, the craziness of my, my youthfulness, that's what I usually hear from college kids, then I will come back and I will come to Jesus and I'm going to, let me tell you something, you don't know how much time you have. You have no clue. I'm not trying to be a fire, hell and brimstone preacher right now. All I'm telling you is this, is that you don't know. And it is a false assumption of the evil one to sit here and tell you, you have plenty of time. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Because only God knows. That's what the scripture says. So if you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know, maybe later, maybe later in life, I'll give my life to Jesus. No, it says today is the day of salvation. You do not know. I don't know how much time I have. And let me tell you something. I'm not going to sit there and and just risk it. I'm going to lay my life down before the King of kings and Lord of lords. Because let me just tell you the truth. Once you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you realize that you're thankful that you didn't wait because that's all that time that you get to steward your time correctly. 
to share the gospel, to walk with the Lord, to share the truths of the gospel. See, it changes your perspective, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm glad, I, I'm, I'm so thankful. Every person that I know that's gotten saved has said, I am so thankful that I didn't wait another day. 